We're going to turn to a verse in the Bible from the Old Testament today from a little prophet called Nahum. Anyone heard of Nahum? Uh, if you ever memorized the books of the Bible in Sunday school, how many know Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John were the easy parts? Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, like that was the real difficult section. So Nahum is one of the minor prophets. Doesn't mean that he was inferior. It just means there's 12 prophets that just have little shorter books. They didn't go on and on like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. You know, it's like, when is this book going to finish? Nahum is, uh, sorry, Nahum is one of these short, uh, tiny little books just at the end of the Old Testament. So Gabby's bringing that up now. Here we go, Nahum 1 verse 3, reading from the New King James Version after um, declaring God is slow to anger and great in power, uh, Nahum says this, The Lord has His way in the whirlwind and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of His feet. I'll read that one more time. The Lord has His way, or His way is in the whirlwind and in the storm. The clouds are the dust of his feet. If you'd like to take notes, the title of today's message is Navigating the Storms of Life. Navigating the Storms of Life. If you don't like that title, an alternative one is Lord of the Storms. Not Lord of the Rings. He is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Dance, Lord of the Flies. Uh, Lord of the Storms is an alternative title. Navigating the Storms of Life. Uh, Nahum lived in a time of political upheaval about seven centuries before Jesus. When we're talking political upheaval, we're not talking about the questions we have today, like how long will uh, the new Prime Minister Scott Morrison last and what is Donald Trump going to say next. We're not talking about that kind of upheaval. We're talking about major upheaval. The Assyrian Empire is dominating the landscape, taking over uh, towns and cities and is just causing havoc for many other nations and places, including Israel. And so in the midst of all of this political turbulence, Nahum prophesies and he encourages people to realize that God is in control. And he uses the spectacular manifestations of nature, like a storm or a whirlwind, as symbolic of God's power. And even in the time of shaking, when you go, God, what in the world is going on? Uh, God is in control. And so he prophesies hope to those who believe in God and says, God actually has his way, even in the whirlwind and the storm. And so storms, uh, a physical storm can be a symbol, a metaphor, a type of difficult or turbulent times. And in that way, uh, storms come to every one of us. Even if you're a person of faith today, uh, storms can come into our lives. Some of you might have been born into a stormy family. Maybe you had a stormy childhood. Maybe your teenage years were a little stormy. Maybe you had some stormy uh, married Times. Nicole and I had a great first year. Second year, we had a lot more intense fellowship in the second year. Anyone had intense fellowship? It's a code name for storms. Uh, sometimes married life can be a little bit stormy. Uh, midlife can have some crises that come with it. Later part of life. <laughs> life is filled with storms. One moment, everything is well. Next moment, everything is hell. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you don't. You're looking very spiritual this morning. If you've never had a storm, you haven't lived long enough, we need to get out a little bit more. We all encounter storms, times of turbulence in our life. Uh, it may be a, a health challenge. 
a sickness that you're battling with today. It could be a financial storm, a relational storm, a, a storm of emotions. Negative emotions can be like a, a whirlwind that we have to battle through. Maybe your job, your career, your vocation, maybe even your ministry is a little stormy at the moment. Well, Nahum is here to tell us the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. He is Lord of the storms. You know, when you're going through a storm, sometimes you want to know, why is this here? Where did this come from? Uh, even David, one day he was having a storm of negative emotions. He was feeling depressed. He was feeling down. And he says, why are you so down, oh my soul? What's happening? He's got this storm of negative emotions and he's trying to figure out where did this storm come from? And, you know, when you do go through a stormy time, it's actually a good thing to prayerfully discern what's going on. Why is everything so turbulent? Where is this storm coming from? And as we look through the Bible, the Bible is full of storms. And I want to share a couple of them with you this morning and look at some different places that storms may come from in our life. First of all, we can have a storm from the enemy. Uh, sometimes storms come from the enemy who's attacking us, trying to stop us in our journey of faith and hinder us from achieving God's purpose for our life. An example is in the Gospel of Mark chapter 4. If you've uh, been around church for a while, you probably heard this story. Jesus has been ministering all day. He's exhausted. He's tired. But he says to the disciples, come on, let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side of the lake. And so here it comes on the screen now, Mark chapter 4. Um, they get into the boat and a furious squall. Is that squall, squall, squall? Yeah, squall. There you go. A furious squall. One translation says a great storm or a fierce gale came up and the waves broke over the boat. So it was nearly swamped. Goes on to say Jesus was asleep. <laughs> Interesting, Jesus is asleep in this storm. Uh, later on in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus has a storm of overwhelming emotions and the disciples are asleep. Uh, right now, Jesus is asleep in this boat and they wake him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Next slide. Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind. He said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Why do you have no faith? And they were terrified, saying, who, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Here's a storm that I believe was from the enemy. Uh, interesting, how, how many know Jesus was a carpenter? Like he worked with wood, not waves. He's a carpenter. Uh, the, the fishermen, the disciples were fishermen, like they were used to the sea. Have you ever been to the Sea of Galilee? It's quite a good-sized body of water and uh, storms would often come up. This storm is so intense that even the disciples are afraid. Like they've been out there. They, they, they work with waves. They work with water. And yet they're freaking out. And yet Jesus is asleep in this storm. This storm, Jesus rebukes. And in a moment, a great storm becomes a great calm. How many know Jesus has power over the storms of our life? 
and he can bring a great calm into our world and rescue us from the storm. How do we know this storm is from the enemy? Well, Jesus rebuked this storm and he's not having a go at nature. But I believe Jesus discerned that behind this storm, the enemy was at work trying to stop them from getting to the other side. Uh, Earlier in Jesus' ministry, you know, he went into the wilderness and the devil was there and tempted him three times. Jesus overcame each temptation. And the Gospels say the devil left him until an opportune time. In other words, that's not the only time the devil tried to stop Jesus. He looked for other opportunities. Could it be that this is an opportunity? Jesus is in the boat. He's asleep. Maybe now's the time. And maybe the enemy was working with this storm to try to stop Jesus from getting to the other side. And so sometimes when we're in a storm, we need to actually go, is this a storm from the enemy? Uh, Sometimes when you're doing the right thing, things can get a little turbulent. We sometimes think if I'm in the will of God, life will be so calm. Become a Christian and everything will be sunny. How many have experienced that in your life? Well, no, sometimes you're doing the right thing. Sometimes you're going the right direction. Sometimes you're actually obeying God. You're getting in the boat. Jesus said, get in the boat. And things aren't going too well. Things are a little rocky. There's some rough water that you're going through. And so negative circumstances aren't a sign that you're doing the wrong thing. In this case, the storm is a part of them being in the will of God. So some storms come our way and they're from the enemy. Let me just make a little comment here. I think when it comes to the enemy, Satan, demons, the devil, uh, we want to avoid two extremes. We want to avoid being preoccupied with the, the, the dark realm. Uh, every church has what I call a demonic Dave. Not Bayside, but other churches that I visit. And apologies if your name is Dave. You know, demonic Dave, everything's a spiritual battle. You know, it's cloudy today. A spirit of oppression over the city. Saw a black cat this morning. Devil's on the prowl. Someone coughs. Come out in Jesus' name. Someone's a little cold. Watch your back. Watch your back. You know, for demonic Dave, everything's the enemy at work. We don't want to be so preoccupied that we exalt the enemy almost above God. However, we want to avoid the other extreme uh, of actually ignoring the spiritual realm and we become like skeptical Susan. Anyone met skeptical Susan? Again, not in Bayside. Apologies if your name is Susan. But skeptical Susan thinks everything has a natural or psychological explanation. And there are some people that don't even acknowledge that there is a spiritual battle that we're in. When I was a kid, uh, I, I loved to listen to someone called Keith Green. And uh, he's a great singer. And he, he actually sang a song from the devil's perspective. And the lyrics were, my job keeps getting easier because no one believes in me anymore. And so we want to avoid preoccupation and we want to avoid ignorance. You know, the Bible does say, in fact, the Lord's Prayer that He taught us to pray includes, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, protect us from the evil one. There is an enemy at work in the world. In Ephesians 4, Paul says, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. The word foothold means access point. It's like leaving your house and leaving the window open. You've actually given an entry point for someone to break in to steal. It's okay, you didn't leave your window open today, I know. But, but Paul's actually saying, you know, if you are angry and you're not 
resolving that, that anger could give the opportunity for the enemy to have a foothold in your life. He goes on in chapter 6 and says, Be strong, put on your armor so you can stand against all the strategies, all the devices of the enemy. Uh, Peter, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. All these verses are saying there's an enemy at work. And some storms are from the enemy and we need to submit to God and resist the devil and believe that that storm will come. I know for myself growing up, I was, a, as some of you heard my story, I was a bit of a shy, uh, introverted kid, got a little nervous. My face would turn as red as my hair used to be if I had to stand up and do anything. And yet God was prompting me to do some things like lead worship in church or speak at youth group. And I know for me, that was God's will. But I went through a storm of fear. I had this incredible fear that would paralyze me. And I had to conquer that fear and realize that was the enemy that was trying to stop me from being what God called me to be. Sometimes fear is like a storm that just seeks to stop us from rising up uh, to be and to do what God's called us to do. And so what about you? Have you ever had a storm that maybe the enemy sent your way? Uh, you know, Jesus doesn't deliver the disciples from this storm, but he gets them through the storm. Following Jesus doesn't mean you'll never have a stormy day, a stormy experience. But how many know if Jesus is in your boat, you're probably going to get to the other side? Yes, Jesus is with you. You'll get through that storm. And so that's the first kind of storm we read about in the Bible. Let me look at a second storm now. This is a storm from God. Anyone heard the story of Jonah? Jonah and the whale? Come on, every Sunday school talks about Jonah and the whale. Well, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach that those people would turn around from their evil ways. Jonah didn't like Nineveh. He didn't want them to turn around. So he got a ship going in the opposite direction. Uh, when he got on the ship, everything was calm for a while. How many know just because things are calm doesn't mean you're doing the right thing? Just a point. Everything's calm. Everything's smooth. He's going the opposite direction. Life's good. But let's look what happens. Jonah 1 and verse 4. Next slide. Then the Lord. Everyone say the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind. One translation says hurled. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty bad. The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to, broke up, to, to break up. Here's a storm that God sent. Ooh, that's a little freaky, isn't it? How many know you don't rebuke this storm? God, I rebuke you in your name. Like, like, like this isn't a storm from the enemy. This, this is God sending a storm. <laughs> See, Jonah was meant to go that way, but he's going the opposite direction. Everything's okay for a little while, but now there's a storm. This isn't a storm from the enemy that he needs to rebuke. This is a storm where he needs to turn around and get back on track. He needs to repent. Unfortunately, the word repent's got a lot of negative press today. We kind of think of repent, turn or burn. Repent is a very positive word. Repent means you go in this direction, you're heading towards a cliff, you're going to destroy your life. And God says, hey, 
You're heading the wrong direction. It doesn't mean, oh God, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And then keeping on going. Repent literally means to turn. It's, it's a change of thinking that leads to a change of behavior and a change of direction. Re- repenting is stopping going in a direction that will bring damage to my life and others and turning around and getting back on track. Uh, that's how you calm this kind of storm is you, you get back on track with what God has for your life. And if Jonah continued in the wrong way, how many know he was in for a whale of a time? That's a really old joke, a really corny joke, but it works anyway. In God's mercy, he gave Jonah a second chance. I love this. God is the God of a second chance. The first time... Jonah disobeyed. He went the opposite way. God didn't give up on Jonah. He gave him a second opportunity. I'll tell you what, I've made lots of mistakes. I've failed. I've slipped up. I've headed in wrong directions. I'm glad that God is the God of the second chance. And so in this case, the storm was from God and God sent a, the story tells us, God sent a great fish or a whale or a sea monster as Jonah was thrown overboard from that ship by all the sailors and this fish swallowed him up and spat him up on dry land and then he got back on track. Uh, just a little, a little uh, uh, sideline here. A lot of people, especially in our modern world, debate the story of Jonah in the whale. Like, is this a historical fact? Was there a real Jonah? Did he get swallowed by a whale? And so people try to get their minds around this story. Some people say, well, there's modern day stories of people being swallowed by fish and surviving. And so they come up with a bit of a natural explanation that this could have really happened. Uh, Some people say the book of Jonah is actually a poem. It's a literary fiction. It's a story. It's just someone making a story, and it's not historical fact. There wasn't a real Jonah. There wasn't a whale. This is just a little bit of a story that we read. Other people have ingenious solutions. The the, the most uh, ingenious I ever heard was people who suggested that Jonah recovered from his ordeal at the sea by spending three days and three nights in an inn called the fish. It's pretty clever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jonah, he spent three days and three nights in the fish, you know, the inn, the hotel called the fish. Uh, Other people go, well, look, the author is describing this peculiar event in a low-key, matter-of-fact manner without exaggerating anything, unlike some Sunday school teachers. Maybe it's just a miracle. Maybe God did something supernatural. So I'm not here to tell you which is the right approach to Jonah, but I would say this, wherever you land with whether this happened or it's a story or uh, whatever your response is, we mustn't miss the meaning of the story of Jonah. That's the key thing. Uh, The meaning of this story is Jonah's heading in the opposite direction to what God set him to do. And God sends a storm. And when Jonah got back on track, everything became a great calm in his life. Ever had a storm come your way because you're going in the wrong direction? You know, most of us aren't tempted here to be terrorists or bank robbers or drug dealers, right? But sometimes we're just doing things our own way and we didn't ask God about that relationship or we didn't pray about that decision and we just kind of do things our own way and then there's a bit of a storm where God wants us to get back on track. And so maybe you've faced a storm 
that God himself was sending. You don't rebuke that storm. You repent, you turn around, and you get going in his direction. Let's look at another one this morning. This storm is not from the enemy. It's not from God directly. It's a storm because of human decisions. Uh, This is in Acts 27. If you ever read the book of Acts, there's actually a long section of the book that's about a voyage that the Apostle Paul went on from uh, on a ship all the way to Rome. Uh, Background, Paul's a prisoner and he's on his way to Rome where he wants to preach about Jesus, but he's actually got a trial there. He's got Luke, an associate with him, and Luke describes this voyage in meticulous detail with incredible nautical terminology, and it's a very interesting study of uh, how ships uh, were um, sailed and navigated back 2,000 years ago. So there's some bad weather and there's a delay in their departure. Paul warns them, let's not sail today. Just a little tip, I think Paul had some wisdom because he'd been shipwrecked three times before. Probably looked at the sky and said, you know what, let's not go out today. But they ignored his advice. They ignored his wisdom and they headed out anyway. The majority ruled. And when they headed out, there's a bit of a gentle wind. But let's look at Acts 27 verse 14 on the next slide there. Thank you, uh, Gabby. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force. One translation says of typhoon strength called the Northeaster. Every season this wind would come through. Uh, It swept down from the island and the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. Next slide. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw all the cargo overboard. Goes on in verse 20 and says, Neither sun, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging. Actually, two weeks uh, this storm went on for. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. Here's another, another storm in the Bible. It's interesting, in this storm, Paul doesn't get on the bow and go, I rebuke you, and he doesn't rebuke this storm. Nowhere does it say God sent this storm. Uh, this is a storm that was just part of nature, living in a fallen, broken world. It was kind of a regular occurring event in this area. Uh, but they ignored the wisdom, the advice of Paul. And so as a result, all of the cargo was thrown overboard and eventually the ship smashed on the rocks and they lost the entire ship. They were shipwrecked, but amazingly, everyone survived. Uh, Paul saw this storm coming, but the people he was with didn't take his advice. They said, let's take a risk. This was a dangerous storm, but they ignored the danger, maybe because of greed, to get to Rome a little quicker, to get their money paid for the goods they were delivering. This storm was a natural phenomenon, and they ignored common sense and Paul's word of wisdom in this situation. But God was still at work, even in this storm. Ever been in a storm that was a result of some decisions you made? Or maybe some decisions that other people made? Uh, Sometimes we are a factor in creating some upheaval in our life. We might leave God out or we ignore some common sense or some wisdom. The good news, God doesn't just say, hey, you created this storm, good luck, all the best. The Lord has His way in the whirlwind 
and the storm. Uh, if we had time today, I could tell you about many storms that I've created or contributed to. As a leader, where maybe I made a decision, a good decision, but maybe the way I processed, maybe it was a little quick, maybe I didn't explain why, or maybe I confronted a little bit inappropriately. There's plenty of storms in my world where I've actually been a factor in contributing to that. I shared uh, back in our money series about some financial decisions that we made that ended up creating a bit of a storm for us because I hadn't read the fine print. Sometimes where a contributor to the storms in our life. And we can't go back and rechange that decision, but we can make new wise decisions to hopefully calm that storm. We may not save the whole ship, but hopefully we'll survive and come through to the other side. And so sometimes we contribute to the storms in our life. And the sooner we admit it and take responsibility, apologize if necessary, the quicker the storm can calm. If we don't, sometimes the storm just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so Nahum says the Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. We've looked at three different causes of storms. One's the enemy. Uh, secondly, God sometimes sends a storm. Thirdly, humans make decisions that cause storms. I'm sure there are many other causes too. Some stuff just happens and we aren't sure why. Uh, consequences of living in a broken world. Not all of life is that clear cut or easily discernible. It's not as if a storm comes with a little label from God, <laughs> from the enemy, <laughs> your fault. Uh, life's a lot more complex than that. Sometimes there can be multiple causes in a storm or unknown influences uh, that we just cannot see. About three years ago, Nicole and I went through what I would call a perfect storm. Uh, we were in a storm that was bigger and more fierce than anything we'd experienced before. It was totally beyond our ability to control or even to navigate at the time. Uh, we had headwinds blowing at us from multiple directions. And uh, we knew God was at work. We knew the enemies at work. We'd made some decisions. Other people were making decisions. But everything seemed to be shaking. And we felt like we were in a spin of ginormous proportions. And I was just looking back through my journal this week as I was preparing for this message. And uh, I like to use my journal to express my feelings. And I was just kind of reading what it felt like. About three years ago, we were in, this, in the middle of this perfect storm, stuff coming at us from every direction. Uh, I sometimes in my journal engage in what I call a little bit of amateur poetry. Keyword amateur, second word poetry. And I just crafted this poem called Stormy Winds. And I thought I'd uh, just share this with you today not as a sample of brilliant poetry, but as an illustration of what it feels like to be in the midst of a storm. Stormy winds, here it is. I set out to sea long ago. Visions of exciting worlds, a strong vessel, weather proven, a strong and energetic heart. Fellow sailors and travellers too, a map and a compass, learning the ropes, the thrill of adventure in my bones. Oh, the joy of catching the wind, carried along by an invisible force, momentum and power. Watch out, world, here we come. Some rough seas along the way, swirling winds, rainy days. Be strong, conquer fear, stay the course, this will pass. Sunny days, warm delight, feel the Father's love like a shining light from up above. Dark nights too, hard to see ahead, 
led by distant stars, waiting for sunrise again. Then the storms, wind, rain and hail, thunder and lightning with a whip in their tail. Crashing waves, breaking wood, fearful companions, will we survive? Then peace and calm, a new day dawns, faithful God, hope is born. Now the perfect storm, a trifecta of winds from every direction, is this the end? Seems like no way out, abandon ship or crash the reef, no idea what to do. Feeling weary and down, one storm too many, weather beaten and afraid, not sure what's ahead. Is there a light? Is there a word? Can peace conquer this storm? God, I'm really not sure. At the mercy of the winds, trying to stay the course, yet afraid of the deep, can I hold on much longer? Only God knows. Stormy winds. Good news is we survived. Uh, and now our life is not storm-free, but it's a lot more calm, uh, more gentle waves of peace and joy in our world. But as I read that and reflected three years ago, we honestly weren't sure we'd come out of that storm alive. And I share that as encouragement for you today. Maybe some of you feel like you're in a storm and wondering whether you'll make it through. And so as we wrap this up, how's the weather in your life today? How's the weather? Is it sunny, uh, all going well, or are you experiencing some storms? What storms have you been through as you look back in your life? What storms have you encountered and what insights can you learn? Where was God at work? Where was the enemy at work? Where did you maybe contribute or other people? It's good to reflect on our life so we gain wisdom. But are you in a storm right now? Simple message today. God is still Lord of the storms. He is Lord of the storms. Wherever they may have come from, God is Lord of the storms and He can help us navigate the storms of life. And so if you're facing a storm today that's stopping you from doing God's will, you got in the boat, you're obeying God and a storm's come your way, you have authority today to say, storm, be still in Jesus' name. Or maybe like Jonah, <laughs> you're heading in the opposite direction. That storm's only going to change as you turn around and get living life God's way. Or maybe you're in a bit of a storm where you contributed to it. Maybe you need some wisdom to have some conversations and make some decisions that are going to bring some peace into that situation. Uh, whatever you may be going through today, I pray that you would truly know God as Lord of all storms.